0: Welcome back to Derry Public Radio. Reporting from the basement of the Derry Civic Center, this is Benjamin Graham with the news. The Derry Police Department would like to report a major theft at the local Renaissance Fair. Late in the night, a group of teenagers made off with the fair's entire stock of royal napkins. Derry authorities have requested citizens report any suspicious sightings. Without your help, these teens are sure to make a clean getaway. You're listening to Dairy Public Radio.
1: This is Dairy Public Radio. Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio, a bi-weekly Stephen King Book Club podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Sam Alexander, alongside Joshua Kahn. Hey, everybody. And Benjamin Graham.
0: What's up, constant readers?
1: And today we are covering the rest of the book, Eyes of the Dragon. If you're reading along, and if you're not, major spoilers ahead. And Josh is leading the discussion.
2: All right, guys. Let's uh, catch up a little bit about uh, what's brought us to this point so far. Peter was framed for killing his father and has been locked away. His younger brother, Thomas, is now the king who is being controlled by the court magician, Flag. And, uh, he has, Peter has since sent a message to Pena, who's the judge general for uh, a bribe because he wants two things. He wants a napkin with his meals and his mother's dollhouse. And that is where we left off. The first scene we get back when we come back is that they've brought Ben in. Ben is now going to be the go between for Peter and, uh, and the guards. And they, uh, him, him and Pena talk about the arrangement and, Ben flat out says to Pena, I don't think Peter is guilty. That's why I'm fine with helping him. This is not uh, a popular opinion, surprisingly, that he is not guilty. And uh, Ben gets his ass kicked for it. Not by Pena, but by the citizens (laughs) in in the village.
1: Yeah, he gets warned by Pena to be careful. You know, everybody already knows that they're friends, so be careful what you say, because people are going to... They want to take that frustration and anger out on someone. Peter's locked up in the needle. It's going to be his friends or his supporters. And his dad almost gets beaten up in a pub.
2: So, and this is the first part of the second half that we get our first piece of foreshadowing where it says that Dennis was sent to start getting these napkins from a storeroom. And if Peter had known about the storeroom, he would have escaped maybe three years sooner.
0: It, napkins being the most important part of this story <laughs> is kind of weird. Yeah, they are the the um, MacGuffin of this story, and it's I I love it, <laughs> but it's just a weird thing to every time, like every other chapter. They're like, but then the napkins are <laughs> it's brought up so much it really is it's i wanted to know if you guys thought they would be important in a different way
2: no i i think i said at the end of the last episode my theory was he was going to rapunzel his way out of the tower with napkins and he does but it's not quite the way i anticipated or not quite the way i imagined i i thought he was going to burn them
0: cuz the what do- end the, I, Oh, <laughs> well, he, he keeps talking about how dangerous his mission is, and I remembered that the, the 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 dollhouse has a working stove. Yeah. In it, and I was like, he's gonna like pile up a bunch of napkins and then set his room on fire. And when the guards rush <laughs> in to put out the fire, he'd take him out. He'd, I guess. Yeah, kick their ass. But no, his idea is much better than mine.
1: (laughs) Uh, Uh, I don't know about that. (laughs) No,
0: yeah,
2: I think your idea is actually not terrible. The only problem is that your idea hinges on the fact that anyone would rush in to save him.
0: Yeah. It just, That's why it's dangerous. He's like, I might burn to death. I don't
2: know. (laughs) Risk versus reward. Clearly, Peter never read 1408. (laughs) We find out that there has been a woman that uh, has been hired in the castle to hand, uh, using uh, a Some a blade of some kind to a stitch remover. A a stitch remover. There's a
1: little tool that removes. I don't know if this universe
2: has has those. I work in burlesque. I know stitch removers (laughs) are a thing. I don't know what this world has. Uh it's she her job is to take the crests off of the royal napkins.
0: Pena says that he makes sure that she has this job for years to come because it's like a kindness, because people are poor.
2: And it's talked about later that about the creation of all these napkins Mm -hmm. and everything. It's all taking care of the citizens. This job isn't a a job that's needed, but it's a job that makes the people happy. And right now they especially need that.
1: And didn't starting the whole napkin thing start with, was it Kyla the good?
0: Because yeah, this, this woman who is sitting there and taking out all the stitches, she is sitting in front of a room that Peter doesn't know about. And like Josh said, if he had known it would have taken a whole lot less because there's literally a warehouse full of napkins, <laughs> millions and millions it's so of napkins, absurd and I love it. And it was uh, came about hundreds of years before um, during the reign of Kyla, Kyla the, Kyla good. the good, Kyla
1: the napkin awesome. Maker. Yes, uh,
0: <laughs> Kyla uh, Kyla napkin bringer, Kyla the clean, uh, who <laughs> just to. Uh, bring prosperity to the kingdom after mad the king reign Alan. of the mad, which I wish we heard more about. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's a crazy king who doesn't want to read like several chapters about that. Yeah, guy. no kidding. <laughs> he drank blood and shit. That's fucking metal. <laughs> anyway, she came along and she's like, yeah, everybody make napkins, whatever. So the napkins start coming with
2: every meal for the next five years. Also, the dollhouse finally arrives. It took them a while to find it. They carry it up, and Ben, because Ben is such a loyal friend, he bribed one of the other squires to let him take his place so he could deliver it, just because he wanted to see his best friend. He believes in his innocence, and he felt like he needed that. That, to me, felt like... We've talked a lot about the the relationships with characters, and sometimes there are just those moments of... Pure love. And to me, that was one of those. How'd you guys feel about them see, getting a chance to see each other?
1: I loved that scene where they made eyes at each other.
0: It. <laughs> no, I completely <laughs> agree. Uh, it it's- was
1: beautiful. It was touching. And I mean, just imagine being Peter, not knowing if you have any supporters, and then seeing your friend there who like, gives you... You're such good friends that in that one look, you convey everything you need to.
0: Yeah, it is. It's very... Intimate, like after he leaves, he can't do anything, especially because underneath the uh doormat of this dollhouse is a hidden note no bigger than a stamp that Ben has uh very, very uh carefully lettered this saying, I believe in you, I love you, and Peter just sits there and is overwhelmed.
1: And then it's he eats nice.
0: it. And then he eats it.
1: Now it is part of him, for, for <laughs> or at least you know, a couple of hours <laughs> for, for a while.
2: We also find out that uh, in one of these winters, Peter almost died. He got so sick with fever that the guards thought he was going to die, and he has a very interesting fever dream in which uh, his father Roland says that he's not dying, and Dennis will know where the sleepwalker goes.
0: It's it's super Hamlet. Like, it's Hamlet as hell. And I'm not going to explain that because then people will realize how dumb I actually am, only have a vague notion of a ghost being in Hamlet.
1: I just completely missed that reference. Completely. Yeah. Completely. completely. Like,
0: (laughs) King, King Hamlet comes to him and he's like, I got poisoned. <laughs> arg it's it's like the, the same thing is
1: he pirates <laughs> wait yeah, what?
0: that was his death <laughs> rose oh, i feel so much better <laughs> i know nothing about hamlet but at least, <laughs> at least you know it's not pirates <laughs>
2: <laughs> now over this the course of this time um we finally now get to see what peter's master plan is it's that the loom inside the house in the dollhouse still works so he is going to basically pull threads off of napkins every single day and then use the loom to make
1: a rope. And, okay, is it like three three or five threads is all he pulls off initially because he's terrified that they'll notice? For
0: like the first year, yeah, he oh takes like three threads per napkin, nine per day, and he has like nothing. It takes an entire week to get... A uh, two-inch length of uh, gossamer-thin rope,
1: and all he's doing is pulling threads, making his rope. Exercising. Putting the Reno
0: Hayworth poster back up.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he finally has enough to to see if it's going to hold his weight, because that's this, the whole plan hinges on if this is going to hold his weight or not. Because he's got a long way down, and. He tries it out, and when he hangs off of it in his room, it surprisingly holds his weight because the fabric for these napkins, the, the linen's very strong.
1: It's also a very short rope. <laughs> it's also a
2: very short rope. And that's when uh, when we talk about the breaking strain. CM, you know, tell us about the breaking strain.
1: The breaking strain is when... So the longer something, like a rope, is the... Easier it is to break when there is pressure on it. So a very short rope, which he's working with now, is definitely going to support his weight. But when it's hundreds of feet long, it's going to lose that strength and it's going to snap.
0: I love the way King gives us this information because it's, it's very crucial information to Peter's uh, plan. But he he tells us this through a flashback to Peter and the guy who he saved his horse from. Uh, Peony? I want to say it was like Yosef. Joseph. Yes, Yosef. Joseph, Joseph. Yeah. What was the horse's name? We never see that horse again. <laughs> hey, no, the horse guys, never comes
2: back. It's no, never important.
0: But the, this, uh, this just short story of him sitting with Yosef in the stables and Yosef teaching him this, that... Uh, these oxen pulling these giant blocks and teaching them that, you know, the ox are smart. They'll only work as hard as they can. Um, It's the chains. The, The chains are the important part and they can only take so much before they snap and people are the same way. And it's just a really cool metaphor that comes back throughout the story of, like they talk about the kingdom after Thomas, uh, Increases their taxes, talks about the breaking strain is almost, uh, has almost been reached. Yeah. Just a, a cool, a cool bit of
2: 80% increase tax from Thomas the tax bringer. <laughs> 80%. That's cartoonish. That is
0: insane. Flag is cartoonishly evil
2: in this <laughs> uh,
0: second half, and I love it.
2: I like that his theory is like, well, if we, we raise it 80%, then we'll get however much they were actually hiding from us. And Thomas is like, Duck sounds good. All right.
1: Thomas is like, Give I'm me a more 10 wine. year old boy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Give me more wine. I'm 10 years old and a waste of a Next, we get another piece of our grand finale. Peter needs to hide this rope. So he starts searching for a place and finds a loose stone where he can hide it. And he digs his arm under there, seeing how much space there is. And he expects to be bitten by something. And instead, he finds a locket with a note. The note is is from Levin Valera, the infamous Black Duke of the Southern Barony. He was sentenced to life for killing his wife, Eleanor, and his note, which is written in his own blood, is proclaiming his innocence.
1: Written in his own blood by using the tip of the locket to cut himself. Yeah,
2: it's awesome. It's so metal. <laughs> he says that flag is actually the one who poisoned his wife and to make sure that you show him this locket before you kill him, so that he knows he was part of his demise.
1: That's when Peter realizes flag is old as fuck. <laughs> Cause how this is like 400 years prior. Yeah. Uh,
0: which was really cool when he's like, he remembers, he sees the lot pictures in this locket and he's like, I know these people. From history textbooks. Yeah. It's like, oh, Flag has, has, he's been around. Say what you will, but also Flag's consistent.
2: He's got, he's got his tricks. And I also like the idea that he, this was also so long ago that Flag forgot that he did this.
1: It forgot that he used the name Flag in this kingdom
2: <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think of no, that. I, I, no, that didn't even occur to me. Because it's talked about his destruction under other names a couple times, Mm -hmm. but you just flag, still flag. (laughs) Five hundred years ago, he's evil, but he's not very creative. (laughs) (laughs) Now we uh, we get to catch up with some of the characters uh, about three or so. We, We make like a five year jump about at this point, and now we see what has happened to everybody.
1: We catch back up with Dennis and his father Brandon, and his dad's sick and he ends up dying. But he dies at home in his favorite chair with his family there. But the last thing that he says to Dennis is is like one of those moments that just gave my heart hope. Brandon tells Dennis as he's dying, if you ever have the chance to serve your first master, and before he can finish his sentence, he dies. But Dennis always remembers those words.
2: Yeah, I forgot that that's, I know that comes up several times later, but I had completely forgotten that that's where he first gets that That piece of advice.
0: Can we take a small break to talk about how the fantasy names in this book are terrible?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love these characters.
0: It's such such an enthralling story. I devoured this book, but and I didn't (laughs) think of it while I was reading. But just now, hearing you describe this dramatic
1: scene.
0: And realizing that the two characters' name are Brandon and Dennis,
1: <laughs> so I wasn't doing a shitty job. That's not why that felt. No, weird. no. <laughs> uh, just uh,
0: Ben. I thought I thought I, the same exact thing. I, I like a Ben, but uh it is not a fantasy name. Speaking of Ben, we find out that the next
2: year after this, that uh the Stad family has fled the kingdom along with several other nobles because. The headman's, uh, headman, headman's axe, headman's chopping block. What's the word I'm looking for? Is that all No, j- keep, keep going. That all works. <laughs> yes. <laughs> keep making guesses. You'll get there eventually. Because the so, headman's axe has been very busy chopping off swinging. the heads of
0: nobles.
1: <laughs> yeah. They say that the, um, the block is like permanently stained red yes, because it- they're killing so many people. And is this where we find out the toll that it's taken on Pena?
2: Yeah. That he resigned from his position because he saw what a mess he helped the kingdom become, and he couldn't believe in law and injustice the same way anymore, and he left the kingdom.
0: And he, he felt a certain amount of shame, too, mm. for the part he played, and he never forgave himself for um, as much as he's always prided himself in believing in law and order for dooming Peter because of a feeling just the feeling of seeing him cry.
2: Now uh we've moved on to Peter's taking more and more threads and it's finally revealed that he feel he felt like people would start to notice so he that's why he hmm. started taking so few but now he's getting more brave and taking more and we as the reader find out that that is Bullshit, because they were just throwing them away. Yeah,
1: n- literally he has no idea cares. that they're not
2: reusing the same napkins over and over, Yeah, that yeah. they're just leaving his room and being thrown away.
0: It's like he's been uh, stealing a single drop of water out of the ocean <laughs> <laughs> over <laughs> years because he was afraid someone would find out the ocean was getting smaller. Right, like, and Peter,
1: It's a really good analogy. Peter is such a good king because he risks taking more threads. I mean, he doesn't know it's pointless, but he does it because he's worried about his kingdom. He's worried what is going to happen because he he can you know he hears the things that are going on and knows that pretty soon the kingdom is going to fall apart. He
0: he actually hears a weird amount of stuff. Did you did you guys think that? Because when the Stotts leave, he knows that.
1: I, I assume guess? it's because of the guard. Like the guards are there just watching him all day. They're going to talk. Yeah, yeah. Like, drunk, he, he talks about them drunk getting drunk and lot. playing cards a lot. And it's just probably, weirdly specific. Yeah. I assume he hears things through the window of the needle. Like if it's a, a large crowd, you know, yeah,
0: people are getting chopped getting real drunk down in the in the courtyard, you know, courtyard and just yelling exposition to the sky. <laughs>
1: that's how it that's how it's always happened for me.
2: <laughs> now uh we get to one of my favorite scenes. We get to the sleepwalking. Dennis has settled into his role as the king's butler very well. He like an animal sleeps at the king's feet sometimes in front of a fireplace, which is kind of weird. And not only is he grateful that uh, Thomas is, he feels like Thomas is still a good person to serve, but he's also grateful because flag seems to have just stopped noticing his existence. And I feel like that, is how anybody would feel if Flag stopped
0: noticing their existence, just relieved. <laughs> Which is fucking sloppy. It really Flag. is. Um, they say so a few times in the book that sometimes evil, sometimes the the good wins out simply because evil is blind. You know, mm-hmm. it just evil doesn't realize that Which, it's fucking up. They're just it, arrogant.
1: But that's cool though, because we got that in the stand too with Flag there were things that he didn't see that is true. or ignored. So I think maybe not even so much it being evil, but it is a fundamental flaw of Flagg's character that, you know, we talked last time, like, is he reincarnated? Is he mm-hmm. kind of a different person? Is he the same? Whatever his metamorphosis is, you know, from century to century or however he does it, he retains this flaw.
0: Yeah, I hadn't, and not really just Flagg, now that I'm thinking about it, That's kind of a central tenet of all of King's books. There are so many endings where good wins. I mean, I myself have kind of given a lot of shit, being like, oh, that's a deus ex machina. That's just random happenstance. But thinking of it as King's philosophy of good wins out just because... Does that make sense? Am I making well, any No, yeah. you are, you are, but I think
2: there's also it taking that theme, there's also always been this theme of for as much as evil can see when true good is is making its move, it it's shielded from yeah. the all-seeing eye, like when things when the the forces of the white are protecting our heroes unseen,
0: it helps keep them safe from from the eyes of evil. I
1: like that a lot.
0: I'm going to have to keep that in mind in further readings.
1: Well, it follows our mainstream religious themes, too, mm-hmm. if you think about that. Because, you know, if you, if you had to go to church three times a freaking week when you were a kid <laughs> Oof, like I did, God, you learn is... some stuff, whether you want to or not. And it's <laughs> one of those things, it, and we've talked about this, um, you know, the God in the Bible is not super kind or always helpful depending on which Mm. testament you're reading and it seems like evil is always oh let me give you a hand with that like this is going to be simple this is going to be easy i'm going to help you along the way and and even in our king themes you know flags society and the stand really had their shit together they were making things happen they You know, if you didn't know any better, it would seem like, yeah, I'm going to Vegas because that's where stuff is happening. They're good people. And then, of course, we have, you know, our other group who kind of lucks into saving the day because of this flaw with evil characters. Totally Hmm. fell apart. I was going somewhere with it.
2: I feel like you made it there. With Flag being gone, Flag has departed on a search for these nobles because right now they are... We're being referred to as exiles, but he knows it's only a matter of time before exiles turn into rebels. And his plan's just not ready for that. He doesn't need a rebellion coming in. He needs the kingdom to raise up, mm-hmm. not an outside force.
1: You said flag? Yeah. Knows that they're... Okay, this just freaked me out because Peña also is concerned that right now they're exiles, but they're going to become rebels. Mm-hmm. So they're both working for the same...
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, that is true. They both have the same idea of what is going to happen, and they both want to stop it, but for very different reasons. Yeah,
1: that just hit me right now, not (laughs) while I was reading the book.
2: (laughs) So uh, he has, with him being gone, Thomas is having a hard time sleeping. Because Thomas has, beyond being addicted to wine, he has become addicted to a sleeping potion that Flag has been making for him because... Mm -hmm. His guilt makes it hard for him to sleep.
0: Flag is gone. He's out of the kingdom. He's gathered a hunting party to go looking for these exiles, and uh, there is uh, during this sleepwalking, Flag is sleeping out in the fields with his uh, with his hunting party, and senses that something is happening that is going to hurt his plans. And he screams out in <laughs> the night. So amazing. And the guy sleeping next to him just dies.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is awesome. Yeah.
0: That's so <laughs> fucking scary. Oh, and the guy on his other side wakes up blind. Yeah. Like, that's Why
1: terrifying. doesn't he just walk back into Delane and do a Sindel and just scream, <laughs> just scream at the everyone kingdom. to death. <laughs> Is this not the
0: first Sindel reference we've had on this podcast? It isn't.
1: The other one was from the stand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's
0: a weirdly specific Mortal really Kombat
1: like reference. Mortal Kombat, <laughs> I <guess. you> guys.
2: <laughs> Oh, this this flag exists in a reality where Randall Flag and Nadine's baby happened.
1: Oh my god. Oh my god. You guys, uh, you know how the oh, new Mortal on. Kombat video games they've added like Freddy Krueger and yeah. Jason and Ash they could have flag from the stand yep
0: yeah but His mullet probably, fatality would be sweet they would probably have him modeled after Matthew McConaughey no and, no uh, they
1: got to have that that mullet
0: <laughs> yeah 90s <laughs> <laughs> so uh thomas
2: in his sleepwalking goes to the secret passage to so where he to where he watched his father and dennis being the good butler that he is, follows him and finds Thomas weeping in the dark in this passage. His heart is breaking. Thomas has opened the eye holes and he looks through them. And in his sleep, he is screaming, don't drink the wine over and over and over until he finally uh, kind of collapses a little bit. And that's when Dennis Looks to see what he's looking Through and sees that he's Looking into the king's sitting room Then we move on To Tepena to And we catch up with him in His self-imposed exile And He's reflecting on Everything he worked for being in ruins We kind of talked about that earlier And He knows that when he left Flag could have had him killed easily Once he was out of power But Because Flag is this twisted monster, he's decided to leave him alive so that Pena can live with everything he's done and just spend the rest of his life hating himself. Which is so awesome. That's (laughs) such that's classic (laughs) villain shit, and I love that
0: stuff. And is makes me like Pena even more. Yeah, because he is like he beats himself up but he's such a like strong-willed person that he's kind of in his own exile out in the the outskirts of the kingdom but he still comes across uh, across as this proud mm-hmm. uh powerful man
1: and i think he's, he's a really cool guy and he's not totally alone he has his butler arlen yeah who and one uh, of my
0: favorite characters yeah, arlen is we, great cuz he's really, just a whipping boy
1: i didn't really <laughs> talk about their interactions because they're few mm. but they're awesome.
0: Yeah, the earlier in the book when uh Besson the chief warder uh in the needle came to visit. There's this lengthy <laughs> bit. I love that bit. That Arlen is terrified him because he thinks he's a dwarf, <laughs> which is <laughs> such a cool little fantasy <laughs> bit. And and it's like a whole like two chapters, two yeah. three chapters where Pena just like gives his butler shit for (laughs) thinking dwarves are still around.
1: Oh, trolls! Uh, No dwarves
0: or trolls. Yeah. Yeah. But when it he comes back, he's still. It's years later, and he's still like, "Oh, someone's here. Make sure it's not a dwarf, huh?" (laughs) So great. But
2: it's not a dwarf. It's Dennis. Dennis left the kingdom uh, after Flag had returned, and he. Could feel that all of a sudden, even though Flag didn't seem to notice that he was noticing Dennis more, Dennis noticed Flag was noticing Dennis more. And you were going to are s- gonna have
0: to go over that again. <laughs> what? So Did Flag notice Dennis? Flag's Dennis noticing noting, Dennis more. No- noticing Dennis. Flag's not noticing not Fla- he's not noticing Dennis more, but flag, Dennis is noticing, but he's noticing that Flag's flag. noticing Dennis more. Well, that's clear as day. Got it. Clear as day. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs>
2: He has decided that it's in his best interest to leave the kingdom because he's going to be destroyed, he thinks. Otherwise, as soon as it clicks for flag, he's done. He relays everything that happened to Pena, and he, he Arlen, and Pena are going to use the rebel forces to rescue the king. Because now is the call to action. They're, they know they can't leave Peter held captive and let Flag ruin the kingdom because now there's this, it's not concrete proof, but it's really all the proof that Paina needed to jump into action.
1: So uh, this is jumping ahead, so we'll get to it. But
2: So Dennis noticed that Flag... No, oh, my God. oh
1: sorry. <laughs> They're going to use the rebel forces, but they use two people? <laughs> yes. No, okay. Yeah. So this is something
0: that... I almost wish there, – there, there's another level of the tower, if you will, where King is a fantasy writer, I feel like.
1: And this book is like 300 pages longer? Well, <laughs> <Right>. not necessarily,
0: <laughs> but it's the first book in a series. Mm-hmm. There are multiple – well, multiple. There are two uh, parts of this <laughs> book where uh, the narrator will introduces a character or um, – Characters that we already know and says, well, they went on to do this, but maybe I'll tell you about that later.
2: Oh, we'll get to my fury about that.
0: And, (laughs) uh, and yeah, at the end of the book, it is a little, like, (laughs) I want to hear that. I don't even remember the first time. It's literally a character we had never heard of or cared about, but he gets a name and then they're like, he left the kingdom. Maybe I'll tell you about him, and then he's I, just no one.
1: I like that because it makes the universe feel much bigger than it mm-hmm. is.
0: There, there's so many parts of this book where they'll introduce something, and I'd be like, "They, there's so much there. I want more world building with that. I wanted a whole book of the rebel camp
1: mm-hmm.
0: because, I mean, well, I maybe would have I just if wanted, the rebel
2: camp was more important, really,
0: yeah, <laughs> I'd be uh, more interested." I don't know. Maybe I just want this to be Game of Thrones. Uh,
1: (laughs) No, I understand. I see what you're saying. Like That's why I said it could be way longer than it is. It Mm. could really be a series. It's His fantasy writing is so good.
2: So in order for this plan to take action, Pena and Arlen are going to go to the Rebels, find Ben, and send him to meet Dennis. In the meantime, he orders Dennis to go back to the castle because... The problem is Pena's never figured out why he needed the dollhouse and the napkins. He knows there's a plan. He knows it wasn't frivolous, but he just can't place his finger on it because Pena never learned how to loom. (laughs) Is my guess. That's my assumption. Four days later, Pena and Arlen make it to the Far Forests, which is where the rebel camp is, and they meet with Ben. Meanwhile, Peter has been dreaming every night about flag looking into some light and looking with murderous intent saying peter's name and then blowing out something
1: can we go back for a second yeah okay you said that peña was like oblivious to what peter might want these items for even though it's obvious do you think <laughs> but do you think that he was blind to it much in the way that flag or evil is sometimes blind? Because when he did what he did, he unintentionally was serving the dark.
0: I think it's just he didn't know that the dollhouse had a working loom.
1: Come on, yeah. you guys. My theory way <laughs> more interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I just think that it was it was too simple for him in a way that he just couldn't. It just couldn't piece it together. Also, again, it, if Pena had been so interested, he could have inspected those napkins afterwards. Like Pena could have taken steps to figure out what it was if he really wanted to dig into it. But he could he's have figured blind
1: it out. to it because good <laughs> because has Pena is evil. A, <laughs> he's not evil. He was just serving evil unknowingly.
0: I I think he's such a um a lawful minded person. I don't think magic really would affect him that much. But I have nothing to support that theory, so <laughs> let's move on. Well, now we get to uh, really
2: this last part all these dominoes start to fall and things just, we jump from protagonist to protagonist, so it's it gets kind of messy to keep track of, but we'll do our best. Things things
0: happen quickly
2: right. from here on out. We find out from virtually all of our characters that because of the way the moon looks, it's gonna snow. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's just common knowledge in this universe. And Peter decides, I'm going to make my escape. It's, I'm going to do it tonight. There's going to be snowfall. I have to drop like 20 feet still from this rope. So maybe it'll help break my fall. My favorite line that he says is, His rope, his legs, his luck. Either all would hold or all would break. Quite possibly at the same time. <laughs> and I laughed out loud. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> Meanwhile... A new character we meet, Naomi. Naomi is returning with Ben. Uh, Naomi is from the rebel camp, and she has a dog sled, so she's accompanying Ben. And she's got one very special dog, Frisky, which is an adorable name for a fantasy dog.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Naomi, we're introduced to her so late. Did you guys ship her and Ben like instantly, oh, or was it just me? Yeah, totally. You don't introduce someone with that. Uh,
2: playful chemistry in the third act without them being
0: in love.
1: I thought they had great chemistry.
0: Uh, not to keep bringing up Game of Thrones, but <laughs> strong Jon Snow and she is not Egrid.
1: <laughs> oh.
0: Oh. Oh. oh wait, Egrid. I- I- y- y- Boy, I hope yeah. I'm getting that right. Don't <laughs> in- email me, yeah. guys.
1: You know nothing, Ben Graham. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get that. Uh, so Dennis has been hiding in a farmhouse all this while trying not to eat turnips, which isn't important, but I thought was funny. <laughs> flag, meanwhile, has been sick. He sleeping on the cold, hard ground on this journey has actually made flag sick. And he even says he can count on one hand in his entire life, the times he's been sick, but for some reason, doesn't find this suspicious <laughs> Dennis bravely makes his way under the cover of darkness, sneaking around the castle, through the forest and into the sewer as he Dufrain he reverse dufranes himself.
1: <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> His trek from the farmhouse into the castle is crazy because he, he finds these old snowshoes and they're falling apart. So they just barely get him there. And then he comes up to the castle's moat and he knows because as a kid, he used to play around here That, you know, this is there's a pipe, and that's where the sewer drains. And because of the nature of the sewer, the ice does not freeze closer to that pipe. And so he has to take this running leap into it. And then we also find out, which is nuts, that so he was scared of running into yes, rats. Yes,
2: I love this bit.
1: And and he remembers there being these huge rats when he was a kid, but all he's like he doesn't see any now, or he might see a couple of mice. And he thinks, oh, maybe I just remembered it wrong because I was a kid and things are bigger when you're a kid and scarier. But what he doesn't know is that Flag had dumped the dagger with some of mm-hmm. the dragon's sand in it down one of the drainways and It killed, the fumes killed all the rats.
0: five years after that event, and everything in here is still dead.
1: And if he had taken a different pipe, he would have died.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. It's so awesome. (laughs) Dennis
2: finds his way into the room where all the napkins are, deftly weaving past the drunken idiot guards. Which is also, I, I love that in Thomas's reign... The castle's just fucking haphazard mm-hmm. No one cares because nobody even Believes in their king anymore and you can see If the castle is already This disloyal how close To the that breaking strain we are With the kingdom Dennis finds the room full of napkins And pins a note to <laughs> Peter <laughs> I'm sorry
0: That's it's, it is silly. such an <laughs> a- it's, yeah, that's the right word. It is such a silly thing to be this important. <laughs>
1: the, napkins
0: the, the napkins? There's a room, that, that full, there's of a room full of napkins. Oh, that the napkin room. <laughs> extremely important to our
2: story. Uh, also, how furious would you be if you'd lived in a castle your whole life only to find out there's been a napkin room this entire time? Oh, yeah. What every young
0: prince <laughs> dreams of. What are you talking about? I just. Oh man, imagine how excited you would be if you suddenly found out your house had a napkin room. (laughs) Yeah, I'd be so excited and confused. You would have the worst room of requirement ever. That's kind of what this room made
2: me think of. Uh, He pins a note to a napkin that's in the stack that's going to the needle that will go up to Peter, and he hopes that the that the letter will get to him in time.
1: painstaking note that yes. he had to write, like, four times
0: because he's <laughs> not so good okay. at
1: writing or thinking. That's,
0: that's another thing. <laughs> Is Dennis dumb? Is Dennis... He's ad- kind
1: of described that way. Yeah. Ex- well, Loyal. He,
0: we're told that he's dumb, but nothing he does makes I, him seem I that dumb. I think street
1: smart. Like, he, he's not educated, yeah. and that's what... Yeah, sure. he doesn't really know his And letters. reading and writing
2: isn't the most commonly taught thing.
1: Although sure. it does say later, too, like, he's not, like, he can't think as good. Can't think, think good.
2: Thinking hurts. Rocks <laughs> in his head, man. Just like Roland and Thomas. <laughs> Naomi and Ben arrive at Paynes' house, which is where they were supposed to meet. And luckily for everyone, decide not to wait. They untether the dogs and use Frisky to track Dennis's scent. That night, Peter's about to escape, but luckily, one of his three meals had that note. (laughs) The note basically tells him, we are coming to rescue you if you drop the note, if you have a plan to escape, and let us know how we can help, and we'll do our best to help. Uh, I'll be waiting and watching your window, come over to the window and wave twice if you've gotten this, and... I'll see you drop something, and I will come find it immediately.
1: But Dennis does not leave Peter any room on the note
2: <laughs> to write a note back. <laughs> that is true, because it's filled the entire thing side to side. <laughs> Peter uses straw from his mattress, the parchment from Valera, and the locket to draw his own blood to write a response. He drops it out the window. I did want
0: to mention this. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of little stuff in this last you, you can tell King is so excited to get to his big conclusion that there's a lot of little He he cuts his wrist open with this locket to get blood.
1: He has a pin. Because the note was pinned to the, the note camp. was pinned oh to the Oh my pins. god. I <laughs> he didn't a, even think of it. He that. has a pin. But how prick. much more metal is <laughs> using a ladder? It,
0: it is. It's it's a very <laughs> cool, but ultimately stupid move because he has to use his arms to climb down sure. three hundred feet of. I rock. like the
2: idea of him doing it, dropping the note, turning back and seeing the pin and going. <laughs> he's like, "Damn it! Well, shit! <laughs> he got Thinking caught up in the is moment." Hard. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis finds the note, thankfully, and Peter basically says that he's going to move his escape to tomorrow night at midnight, but he can't wait any longer. The, the thing that I love is that he adds that he loves Dennis to it, and Dennis is so touched by this because it wasn't a necessary addition to the letter, yet he sees that he's writing in his own blood and made the effort to say it, and that's just another sign of how great Peter is and how much his people
0: mean to him. Especially considering Dennis... Technically, is the one of the main reasons that he's in there, right? Because he found the mouse, right?
2: Uh, Dennis returns to the napkin room and sets up a bed of napkins and goes to sleep when suddenly the storeroom door bursts open and a black shape descends on him with his burning eyes.
1: I thought it was flag, I 100 you totally tricked Super
2: me. Super good fake, yeah, out. yeah, yeah. My note originally said it's flag and. Then I had to go back, because now we jump back to Ben, Naomi, and Frisky. Frisky has led them through Dennis's entire path from farmhouse to forest to castle. Man, and I just want
0: to pet Frisky. <laughs> such a good when, dog. When do we
2: get the Frisky Kojak book? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should. that's a good Kojak dog. Kojak and Frisky, not Frisky Kojak. I don't want to read.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> they make their way uh, into onto the moat, and Frisky falls through, which... I was immediately terrified that the dog fell through the ice. Did that scare the other of you? I
1: hated that. But then I King reminded me that it's a dog and is better equipped to deal with that <laughs> than the humans. <laughs> yeah. I.
2: Well, our stories meet up now because it turns out that dark shape was frisky jumping Woo. on Dennis. And our, our party is united finally. And this is something I, I wanted to talk to you guys about because our narrator following this says that he'll be shocked if we do not pity Thomas, even a little. Thomas isn't bad. He's weak. We had this discussion, uh, mostly hinging on the argument that he stones a dog to death uh, in the first half of this book. How do you feel about Thomas at this point where we've
1: gotten to? He totally has my pity. Oh, because obviously. he's a kid. If he was an adult making these choices and decisions and had absolutely no growth, it would be harder to pity him. But he's a little kid. And he doesn't raise taxes to be greedy or to be a jerk. He's taking his advisor's advice and he thinks that what he's doing is what is right, what he should be doing. So it's not even the things that he's doing that are tearing apart the kingdom are not with an intent to do that. He's just a bad king.
0: He's just a... Yes, he's definitely a bad king. He's just a dumb, sad, drunk (laughs) 11-year-old. Yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) And I I will say that at this point, that has brought me around to... He has had some evil moments, for sure. Mm -hmm. But I think now, looking back on his story as it's gone, he was... Yeah. Having no agency was was a great way to put that, I think. Um, He's... I've been a, a victim of circumstance in a lot of ways. So the storm is upon us. And in this storm, the tower of the church of the great gods falls. And the only reason this is really important is because it wakes up both Thomas and Flag. <laughs> I love that when Flag, Flag wakes up and he's noticed he keeps waking up holding his left hand over his left eye. And he describes it as feeling like there's a ferret in his brain. Because he can tell something is going wrong, but it's just out of reach for his brain.
1: Question about the tower: the needle is like way taller. Why didn't it fall?
0: It's built better. Yeah, I, I just ass-
1: Okay, Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> the, the fuck
0: you, looks That CM just gave Josh classic. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, it's, it's, uh. Simple answer, yes, because it's it's like the almost the centerpiece.
1: I know, but it's three hundred feet. It's also that it would.
0: It's also uh, aerodynamic. (laughs) (laughs) But that's not a joke
1: because (laughs) it's described (laughs) because
2: of the of where it sits. It talks about no snow even rests there because. Any flow, the constant flow of wind blows the space clear,
1: which is why it should have fallen. Because okay, my mom has a fence in her backyard, <laughs> okay, and the air coming through her yard, mm. the wind is like that. It's so strong that there would never be any snow there. It blows her fence door off every year. But your mom's
0: is fence isn't a. Reinforced garrison. You don't know that. You've never been to my
1: mom's house, I hope. (laughs) I've been to your (laughs) mom's house. Josh. Sorry. I don't
0: know. I think it was honestly just uh, an excuse for King to write about a cool church blowing (laughs) over. (laughs) Uh, Flag
2: uses his magic crystal, which is what people have been dreaming about, mm. to
0: see Peter's escape. Anybody think it was uh, a piece of Merlin's rainbow? Yeah. Wish it was. (laughs) I think the only reason it wasn't is because this book was written so early. Yeah. It. it, When was this? There's no reason it can't be. Look, I mean. Well, I mean, other than it's described as just a rock.
1: Yeah. Merlin's rainbow orbs.
2: Our narrator describes it as
0: a rock.
1: Eighty-seven.
0: Yeah. Uh, And Merlin's rainbow doesn't show up until Wizard and Glass. Yeah. So yeah. Just hadn't thought of
1: it yet It can be that in my heart though
0: Right <laughs> We can retcon it To where it's, it's uh,
2: Wizard's glass Uh, Flag Then seeing this escape Grabs his axe From when he was The executioner That's still hanging on his wall
1: Was he named Flog?
2: <laughs> Rufus Flog?
1: I You know That wasn't what was trying To come out of my mouth <laughs> Something else,
0: <laughs> especially since they give his name. Yeah, they do. I, don't, I didn't write it down, but they uh, say what his name was. I I love I love that the climax of this book. He's been built up as this incredibly powerful wizard, this magician with unbelievable magic powers, and he goes. Peter's escaping. I have to stop him, and he grabs a big ass axe. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> this will solve my pa- <laughs> 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 there are, he when he runs he grabs this axe and he runs to the needle
1: and he's running so fast that he's creating sparks with his boots yes
0: which is, is, is so also cool. rad. this this vision of this this of him running and then he gets to the the door of the needle and he knocks and yells well,
1: he doesn't have you a don't have a but spell but he does have an axe too
0: <laughs> <laughs> but he doesn't have a spell to open a door
2: he's been reading that massive book of spells it, it, the yes. entire book I, and presumably
0: for hundreds of years oh th- what we don't know is that in magic it is impossible to be invisible shapeshift <laughs> or open a door <laughs> i guess apparently <laughs> So,
2: yeah, he flag goes and is pounding on the door. And I love that the second they open it, he just axes the first guard in half and looks at the other one and is basically like, this would have been you if you hadn't let me in. Well, I got to get up the stairs. Well,
1: and he's like, you wouldn't have this mess to clean up if you had been quicker. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I'm so sure great. that's that guy's biggest concern.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Peter, we jump to Peter, who is, uh, I don't know, feeling nostalgic for Secret Passages. And decides to head back to his uh, his dad's room. Do you mean Thomas? Thomas, sorry, Thomas. It's like I have no idea oh, what geez. you're talking about now. <laughs> Thomas makes his way uh, to his his dad's sitting room.
1: He wants to be close to him. He wants to light yeah. the fire, put on his robe, just be close to his dad, which is sweet.
2: Then we jump back to Peter, who has finally started his climb as he hears Flag running up the stairs, and as he can hear his, uh, the party belowhand, and they're pulling a wagon. They can hear the sounds.
1: Did you know what they're doing? I totally
2: immediately. It. <laughs> the first note I put this, was they're arriving with a wagon, presumably full
0: of napkins. This <laughs> is my biggest problem with the entire book. I don't see how. <laughs> <laughs> Peter is climbing down and he's too afraid to look down because he's so far up. It's, the needle is 300 feet 300 tall. Feet. Uh, when he's still 100 feet above the ground, it says he's four stories high. So that means uh, the needle is 12 stories high. He's way, way up, but he can't. He won't look down until he's about 100 feet up and he looks down and he says he sees three faces and they still seem very far away. And just as... Flag gets to the window and he says, I'm not going to cut you down because he sees the rope yeah. fraying and he knows that the problem is going to take care of itself. And Flag's looking down and, this is, and the rope snaps. Peter falls on a big ass pile of napkins.
1: <laughs> How?
0: How did Peter and Flag look down and see... His three friends, and not a twenty-foot tall pile <laughs> of napkins.
2: I've thought about this.
0: I, I hate being this guy. And here's by the way. The, here's but my answer. This guy.
2: They thought it was a snow pile,
1: or maybe the cobbl- <laughs> makes sense. Maybe the cobblestones were light, and so the napkins didn't stand out because it's dark. I,
0: either way, yeah. that's too many napkins to mess. I miss. fucking
1: guess, but
0: I hate I hate being the guy being like, oh, what about? But you would think uh, it's 20 foot feet tall.
2: (laughs) That's too many napkins. And it felt like a long time to hide that. Like we all knew (laughs) they're bringing a wagon. What else would they bring a wagon of? Especially when in the scene prior, they all use, they all talked about how comfy the napkins were and they used them as beds. Like, yeah, I obviously have put this together that they're, and and it says that they're loading something up. Obviously you're in the napkin room. What are you loading it with? They don't keep mattresses in the napkin room. That's the mattress room. Mattress. <laughs> <laughs> so flag uses his booming voice, calls out the guards, and the party takes off. The guard. This I loved this scene. the The guards stop them, and the guard. One of the guards pulls his sword on Peter, and Peter just walks up unarmed, close enough that he could just, with a flick of his wrist, get impaled by this guard. And fucking just goes all king on him and is like, "No, we're passing. Flags a murderer. You're not going to help him. I'm t- commanding you to stand down." And they let him go. They feel his his king power and succumb to it. Basically,
1: he's bringing the white,
2: and they are making a break for it, but. I was trying to figure out where they were going to and as they make their way back into the castle, it becomes clear they are running to get Hammer, the arrow that killed Niner the dragon. Peter gets his locket back from Dennis because that's what he clipped it, the note in to drop it so it would have some weight. Jumping back to the room, Thomas is has lit a fire and takes down the bow and arrow from above Niner and he's sitting in the chair having... No idea what's about to happen. But I, he just feels like he wants to hold them.
0: I love this this idea that all of the in all of this action, they are all being drawn to the same place, to where the death of the king occurred. Uh, because Peter says, "Oh, I know exactly where I have to go." But flag chasing after them, he sees all the guards that let them through, and uh, says. They think that they they didn't get spotted, but he did. He saw all of them and memorized their faces to torture them later. Yeah, but he thinks as he's running, he's like he knew where Peter was going. I, I love that feeling of fate being I, all of our characters in their disparate paths being drawn to uh, Roland's chamber.
2: Yeah. Now, something else that is is really cool in this chase scene is uh, every once in a while we get kind of. Frisky's perspective. <laughs> uh, and Frisky describes that uh, he smells that Flag is no man. He's a monster and describes him as quote some horrible it.
1: Yeah. I, capital, that did make I. me that yeah,
2: made me smile. That was that was really cool. Uh, but also
0: was like, they don't mean because no. obviously it's not it. No. Like Flag's not it. D- dogs don't know what it is. <laughs> dogs can't read. <laughs> yeah, that's why. <laughs> I'm (laughs) I'm just imagining a scene in it where it comes out of a sewer and there's just a dog there staring at it. He's like, boo. And the dog's like,
1: oh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I don't know what you are. (laughs) It's my dog voice. I love your dog voice. top tier dog (laughs) voice. Ten out of ten dog voices. Now,
2: the group has reached Roland's room, they've barricaded it, and they hear Flag on the other side of the door, who starts taking his axe to the door and trying to break the door down, and and they're gathered back. And they notice that there's a fire in the room, that the room is light, but they don't see Thomas. Thomas is still sitting in the chair
1: unseen. Always unseen. Always. Poor Thomas.
0: Poor dim Thomas. (laughs) (laughs) him i do i did uh enjoy imagining the scene from thomas's perspective yeah because he's literally just like probably half in the bag oh sure Uh, and he's just like relaxing in his dad's room he like he came here because it seemed like it would relax him he could sleep in there so i imagine him just this is just any other night to him he doesn't know what the fuck's going on and he goes and he sits by in his dad's room. He's cradling his dad's uh, bow and arrow, having a really nice night. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Peter just kicks the fucking door down and ignores him. I just yeah, did you think it that way? <laughs> yeah, he's just sitting. I just imagine the like dumbstruck look on his face is like, "Huh, this is weird." <laughs> well,
2: flag bursts in. And Peter commands Flag to be gone. And Flag flinches a little bit at this power. And they have this face off. And Peter gets Flag to admit what he did, flat out admit that he did all of this. And then Thomas finally reveals himself with faux hammer already knocked into the bow.
1: Because Flag says, nobody will know. Like, you're all going to die. So it doesn't matter. And Thomas says, And no one
2: saw
0: me.
1: I saw you.
2: Yes. And he turns and he has it drawn and flag because even though he's still a child, he's gained weight because he's been drinking all the time. He is in a white gown and flag charges at Thomas with the ax because he thinks it's Roland.
1: Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> I thought.
2: Yeah. I thought that was amazing. I also made a quick note that faux hammer has a sandalwood bolt on it. And I thought that was, uh, kind I of didn't really even playing. catch yeah.
1: that. Love that.
2: The arrow He releases the arrow, it flies through the locket that Peter is holding, and then drives the arrow and locket into Flag's
0: eye. Where he had been dreaming, waking up from his dreams.
2: He bleeds a stinking black fluid, drops to his knees, and vanishes. The clothes and arrow and locket all crumble to the ground. Thomas apologizes to Peter and accepts that you are the true king. I knew this. I was wrong. I accept my death. Basically. Peter, then instead of killing him, cries and embraces his brother.
0: Are we going to say the same thing? CM?
1: I, I was just going to talk about how touched I was that Thomas decides that he's got to go on a quest. Like he's not going to stick around because mm. he knows that the kingdom will want his head if he stays. And he also knows that even though he he feels good now, he loves his brother, eventually he's going to get jealous again. When peop, you mm. know, Nobody's going to notice him. Peter's going to be in the limelight. It's going to poison his heart and it's best if yeah, he gets so away.
0: I might relapse into being yeah. a shithead.
1: Yeah. And it was like, okay, all, all this horrible stuff. This kid never really had a good shot at life. Mm. And all of these horrible things happened to him. And somehow he still found it within himself to grow and to learn something. And he learned something about himself, very valuable. And then Mm. Dennis goes with him. And my first thought was, these two guys have been described as dumb. They need a third person. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, Yeah, I was just gonna say, like this scene of them being reunited and Peter pulling him to his feet and embracing him. I teared up. Yeah, like, yeah it 100%. was very emotional.
1: Thomas was redeemed because he. You think that Peter is going to be the one to defeat Flag? Mm-hmm. It's Thomas. This yep.
0: whole book is an origin story for a story we do not get
1: about Thomas. Which, about
0: Thomas God, and Dennis. I'm so furious about because it because literally in these last literally ten pages, Thomas becomes. Such a cool hero. He yes. has an arc.
1: Peter does not Peter's great, but Peter doesn't have an arc. Thomas <laughs> yeah. is the one with Peter's
2: the arc. arc is survival. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much it. It yeah. Well they to wrap things up, the the epilogue of this story, they go uh and clear Peter's name first thing in the morning. Ben and Naomi eventually get married. Big surprise. We all saw that coming. It says that King Peter ruled long and well. And that Thomas and Dennis took off on a quest for atonement and to find Flag. They had many strange adventures and eventually did see Flag again and confronted him. All right, that brings us to the end of Eyes of the Dragon. Uh, let's uh, let's go through our ratings. CM, you want to kick us off?
1: No. Okay. Um. Okay. This. B- <laughs> Sorry. I I love this book. I want to like gush about it and say all these wonderful things but I won't. I'm just going to give it five out of five Blue chambray Shirts.
0: Fantastic. Ben? It's so insanely readable. It's great. I think uh, if you have friends who aren't king people and are looking, uh, maybe aren't into horror, this is a great first novel. I loved it. It's not perfect. It is, the story is a little straightforward. I wanted more world building, but it's great. I got to give it four out of five fantasy chambray shirts. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, I, you know what? I agree with you a lot, Ben, in that I, I have recommended this book to people I know who've never read Stephen King, but I know they read fantasy the same way that I recommended Joyland to people mm. who read crime stuff and have not read Stephen King books. I do think it's, it's a really good fantasy gateway drug. Uh, I love fantasy novels fantasy novels are my jam and so i really really enjoyed this i I loved all the stuff but i do have to agree like there was more if this this is a book that could have like been longer and uh, the story a little more complex and that cliffhanger ending makes me really angry but all the pieces fit and it's really easy and good to read uh so i'm gonna give it four out of five blue chambray shirts
1: that's it for this episode of Dairy Public Radio. As always, thank you for listening. Join us next episode where we cover the book, my favorite, *Rose Matter*, And we are going to be reading through chapter four, and that's page 148. For Joshua Kahn and Benjamin Graham, I'm Sam Alexander reminding you, angels may be safe from damnation, but human beings are less fortunate things. And for them, Hell is always close. Hey everyone, CM Alexander here. Thank you for listening to part two of The Eyes of the Dragon. Fun fact about Dennis and Thomas, they do appear in the drawing of the three, part 13 of the chapter entitled, Roland Takes His Medicine. He's reflecting on magic and wizards and his encounter with one years ago. One of these men had been a creature the Gunslinger believed to be a demon himself, a creature that pretended to be a man and called itself Flag. He had seen him only briefly, and that had been near the end, as chaos and the final crash approached his land. Hot on his heels had come two young men who looked desperate and yet grim, men named Dennis and Thomas. These three had only crossed a tiny part of what had been a confused and confusing time in the Gunslinger's life, but he would never forget seeing Flag change a man who had irritated him into a howling dog. He remembered that well enough. Then there had been the man in black. So that's sad. I hope the howling dog wasn't Thomas or Dennis. As always, follow us on social media at Dairy Public Radio, email us at dairypublicradio at gmail.com, and check out our website, constantreaders.org. I want to give a special shout-out to our awesome patrons, whose generosity has helped us meet our monthly goal and has resulted in a bonus episode each month exclusive to our Patreon. So thank you, you rock stars, Alicia Lillian, Bill Graham, Bryant Burnett, Jennifer Dolge, Jeremy Marr, Lisa Kahn, Matt Kendall, Phil, you're an angel, Reed Flynn, Spanky, and Tony Rizzo. If I could hug you all, I wouldn't do that because I'm not a hugger. I would shake your hands vigorously though. We can't thank you enough for your support. And thank you to everyone who listens, reviews, and shares our podcast with others. That's all for now. Goodbye, listeners.